to talk. I know this isn't the common way of starting off a sermon by sitting on a stool in front of you, but I have something serious that I need to share with you. For quite some time now, especially in the last few weeks, we've had an individual trying to divide our church. This individual has continued to spread lies, cause gossip and rumors, bring about doubt and division. And as your pastor, I cannot allow this individual to keep doing this without bringing it to your attention. This individual has been doing this for quite some time. In fact, he's been doing it his entire existence. He's known by many names, but some would be the accuser, Satan, the devil, the father of lies. This individual has been hurting our church because he is not happy with what is happening. For these last 10 months or so, we have been growing in the Lord. We have been growing and this island is learning that there's something different up here at this church, that we are loving one another, serving one another, being with one another, desiring to make Jesus the most important person, desiring to love our community, desiring to be in the Word, study the Word of God. And Satan has had a stronghold here, it seems, for many years. And just because we're trying doesn't mean he's going to say, well, I guess I'm good. Uh, You guys are doing great, so I'll move on. Me and my minions, we will go somewhere else. No. All they do is turn up the heat. And I do believe over the last few weeks in particular, that has happened. If you're new, normally we go through books of the Bible, and we've been going through the book of Habakkuk together. But over the last few days of preparing, the Lord by His Spirit has just laid a different passage on my heart, a different theme that's related to what I'm talking about. And so, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. As you're turning there, I'll give you a little background on Psalm 119. It is the largest psalm of all the other psalms that exist. And it's actually the longest chapter in all of Scripture. What you may or may not know is that it's very unique in the fact that each section, there's 22 sections, and each section corresponds to one of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. So starting with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph is the first section, and there's eight verses, and then the next one, Beth, which would be the next section, and it has eight verses, and so on and so forth, all the way through the whole Hebrew alphabet. So it would be like going from A to Z and having each section, um, the first letter 
the first word there coming from that letter of the alphabet. So it's extremely unique in how it is written. And it's a very popular psalm, especially different verses out of it. And so as I was praying, this is where God has left me for the week and led me to preach today. And so I would ask that you would stand with me as I read this text. Psalm 119, starting in verse 25 through verse 32. This is the Daleth section. You can see on your bulletins there, the little symbol looks similar to a seven. Um, That's the Hebrew symbol, and that's the section we're going to be in today. So let's read the Word of God together. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me, and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. May God bless the reading of His Word. Go ahead and be seated. So as we commonly do, we're going to work through this text verse by verse and see what God may have for us this morning. Starting in verse 25, My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. What I want to start with here that stands out is the psalmist is saying his soul clings to death when you or to the dust rather when you think of the dust you certainly don't think of health flowing waters streams of living water think more of dryness desert Even the idea of we're made from the dust and we return to the dust. I think ultimately what the psalmist is saying here, and I wonder if we can identify with it, he feels as his soul is dry. He is close to death. Spiritual death. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt so dry that your soul just feels like it's going to die? If you have, then you have something in common with the psalmist and really in common with all of us. So the psalmist says, Give me life according to your word. The psalmist understands that life itself, true life, is found in God's word because it's through God's word that we know God. It's through God's word that we know Christ. So what the psalmist is saying is, not my physical life, but Lord, my spiritual life, which is way more important, my soul, I need life according to Your Word. Question, and let's be honest, when's the last time you had a good, quiet time? Good time in God's Word. We're going to get more into that soon. 
This reminds me, if you'll turn quickly to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Listen to what Jesus says here when He's talking to Satan. Now, you're familiar with the temptation of Jesus, and you're familiar with the fact that um, Satan comes. And listen to what happens starting in verse 1 in chapter 4 of Matthew. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, He was hungry. (laughs) That's great, isn't it? After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, He was hungry. Yep, makes sense. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. You see it? You see where Satan attacks? He attacks Jesus right where he's weak at this moment. He attacks him where he's hungry. Brothers and sisters, realize today that when Satan is attacking, when his followers, demons, attack. They're going to attack you where you're the weakest. And they're observing everything. He attacks, but Jesus answers back, it is written, side note here, when Jesus is in this battle with Satan, realize Satan uses Scripture against Jesus. So just because there's Scripture involved doesn't make it true. Context is so important. And what Satan does is he pulls these verses out of context to attack Jesus to get him to doubt. And what happens is false teachers all around the world, Satan, demons, they will still use Scripture. They will still use things that look like truth. But it's not full truth. It's partial truth, which is no truth at all. Don't fall for things just because there's some Scripture sprinkled in. But notice, Jesus, the very Son of God, uses Scripture to fight back because it is our only weapon. It is the sword of the Spirit, as Paul says. Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You can't just eat bread. That's not how you're really going to live. It might make you have life on this earth and keep you going, but that's not true life. What we truly must live off of is every word that comes from the mouth of God. And where is that? It's the Scriptures. So as the psalmist is saying in verse 25, give me life according to your word. Jesus is saying the same thing. That's where true life comes from. So this is where it gets personal. And if I don't ask you who's going to, I'm your pastor. If it's so serious that our life depends on the Word of God, how are your quiet times going? How about in the last year? How many quiet times have you missed? How about in the last month? How many of you missed? Or maybe a better question is, how many of you actually had How about this week? Have you been in God's Word? Let me put it another way for you. How about this? How about in just the physical realm, how many meals did you miss this past year, month, or week? How many days did you go without eating? Now again, there's the idea of fasting, and that's a different scenario. 
But in our everyday lives, do you just commonly miss meals just for fun? Just because you're too busy? No, you eventually eat because you know that you need it. What's interesting is when we don't eat, what happens to us, right? You don't eat food, what happens to you? You become hangry. You ever heard this term, hangry? You're hungry and angry at the same time, so you're hangry. We have a term for it because that's what happens to us. We start to act different. There's Snickers commercials that talk about this all the time. You're not you when you're not you or something like that, but you're ultimately not you if you're not eating. So eat and then you're going to be yourself. What's interesting is the same is true, but in the spiritual world. If we do not have the Word of God, we're starving. But look how much easier it is for us to miss meals, real meals, but we're okay with missing the Word of God. Because we don't see it as serious as Jesus does, as the psalmist does, as Scripture says. But the truth of the matter is, it is, it is more dangerous to miss feasting on the Word of God than it is another meal. We need the Word of God to live and have life. Part of having the Word of God, what that means is we then have the Holy Spirit inside of us if we have professed faith in Christ. Jesus, born of a virgin, living this perfect life, this sinless life, dying on the cross as a sacrifice a bloody sacrifice in our place for our sins, how after three days He rose for our salvation, justifying us before the Father, defeating sin, Satan, and death. As He does that, we believe in Him and we receive the Holy Spirit of God. Then we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Now as a Christian, we have the Holy Spirit, but what's interesting is we can be filled with God's Spirit or we can quench God's Spirit. The way we quench God's Spirit is sin in our lives, especially unconfessed sin, unrepentant sin in our lives, and we neglect His Word, we neglect prayer, and we neglect His people. On the flip side, how do we walk in step with God's Spirit? How are we filled with God's Spirit? Walk in the Spirit, as Galatians 5 talks about. The way we do it, it's simple. Be in His Word, be in prayer, and be with His people. So many times, guys, listen. This week, my office, many of you and others from outside the church coming to my office talking about challenges. Missionaries overseas talking about challenges. People all around this nation. Pastors who have fallen. Almost every time when we begin to investigate what's going on in your lives, what's going on in these people's lives, here's what's happening. They're either not in the Word, not feasting on the Word, they're not having prayer with the Lord, and they're not with God's people. They're isolated. The same common denominators. Those three things. Let me read from you quickly out of Galatians chapter 5. Galatians actually talks about this, and this is what I want to show you. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify, gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. These are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Okay? Two things going on. You have the Spirit, like I talked about before, inside of you. And now, you have your flesh still. and They're going back and forth. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are this. Here's what it is. If you are not with God's people, if you are not praying, 
If you're not in His Word, feasting on His Word daily, here's what's going to come out of you. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, Paul says, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is what comes out of us if we do not eat, if we do not feast on the Word of God. This is what will come out. How many of you can testify? Listen, listen. in my marriage, Heather, if I don't eat physical food, I start to get grumpy. I start to get hangry. Worst thing we can do, folks, is starve ourselves spiritually. Heather really knows if I've missed a quiet time, if I've not had good time in God's Word, if I've not had good time in prayer. You know what? Here's how, in our marriage, here's how it works. One of us, especially me, maybe comes out short with the kids. Quick-tempered, perhaps. Get on the kids about something don't really need to get on them about. or Short with her, something happens. Love my wife, you know what she'll say? Hey, babe, how's your quiet time? <laughs> Here's the thing, folks. Listen, if somebody were to ask you, how's your quiet time? If you get upset by that question, you have a heart issue. You do. If I get upset by that question, I have a heart issue because all it is is somebody else, one of God's children, asking How am I doing? Because the works of the flesh seem to be coming out. If I'm in the Word, I have no problem answering that. Oh, it was great. I was in 2 Samuel. It was awesome. If I'm not, I get upset. I get defensive because of shame. Friends, we have to feast on the Word of God so we will not have the desires of the flesh come out. Listen, Do not drive to Gainesville if you have not had your quiet time. Okay? Don't try it. Because when you hit that traffic there, fits of anger are going to definitely come out. Don't do it. But listen to this. This is is incredible. Verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit, okay, the fruit of what comes out of you when you are filled with God's Spirit, walking in step with God's Spirit because you are in His Word, you are praying, you're having silence and solitude, you're with His people. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. See that? But how many of you will say, well, I'm starving. I'm hungry. been hungry all week. And then, like I have on this plate, one tiny cracker, a communion cracker here. You haven't eaten for a long time. And I say, here, take this. Go ahead and eat it. It'll fill you up. No way. But that's what we do with the Word of God. We just eat a little bit. And we expect that it's going to fill us. 
Another example would be, as you can see here, I have these two glasses. Hot water inside. This is us as Christians. We have the living water. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. But we need the Word to come inside of us. We need the Word. Right? Two glasses. Watch this. First glass. Have these tea bags. Three tea bags. Okay? Watch. Alright, it's Monday. I'm going to read my Bible. In and out. Just dip it in quick. I read my five minutes. I read my ten minutes in the Word. Check it off. It's my duty. Now I feel good about myself. Next day, dip it in. Oh, I had three minutes in the Word. Oh, I listened to the radio station and there were some Bible verses. There's barely any change in this water. It's, it's clear. We need to feast on the Word of God which means interact with the Word of God, study the Word of God, memorize the Word of God, have questions, dig deeper, cross-references, study Bibles. We have to dig deep, not just some drops, some tea bags in and out. Now watch this one over here. Clear water, and you put the tea bag in. And that one on Tuesday. And leave it in there, and that one on Thursday. And you're interacting with it. And you come to Wednesday night study. And Brother Doug says, Hey, what are you feasting on? And you share with him, and he shares with you, and that's another tea bag. And look, and look, and look. How dark is it? This is the type of people we need to be. Verse 26. Back in Psalm 119, when I told you, when I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. We just saw that, we just heard about life according to his word. Now we're asking him to teach us his statutes. See, we reveal our ways to God, our thoughts, our plans, our ideas, but the psalmist, after God answers, says, Teach me your statutes. What are these? This is God's law with His sovereignty that He's laid down. It's related to His Word. It's related to His law. Make me understand, verse 27, the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. These precepts now, He's saying, make me understand your general rules of how things are laid out in this world. And I will what? Meditate on your wondrous works. How do we know about what His wondrous works are? Yes, there's testimony in our lives, but it's through the Scriptures, the great things He's done for Israel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Solomon, Ruth, Esther, Jesus, the apostles. How do we know these great works that God has done? It's through His Word. I want you to go through and every time you see these words that are related to the Word of God, like, Life according to your word, statutes, precepts, wondrous works, your word, law, rules, verse 31, testimonies, verse 32, commandments. There's eight verses and nine times the word is mentioned. What do you think the theme is? The psalmist is showing us how important, and that's the whole theme of Psalm 119. I challenge you, read through it this week. Maybe a section at a time. Meditate on it. Maybe it takes you a month. I don't know. Meditate. Go deep. Like it says. What does it say? 
Meditate on His wondrous works. That's more than just a quick read it and check it off, guys. It's chewing on it, right? It's letting the the tea get dark. It's eating the food and it's savoring the flavor. My soul melts away for sorrow. Verse 28. Strengthen me according to Your Word. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there where you feel like your soul is just melting away? Life is too much. Too much death. Too much pain. Too much sickness. Too much hurt. Too much drama. Too many lies. The psalmist is explaining, I feel that way too. And God, You're the only one who can help me. Give me strength. How? What kind of strength? According to Your Word. It's the only strength that we really have because it's the way we connect to God. It's the way we know God. Verse 29, Put false ways far from me and graciously teach me Your law. Right? So many times we focus on these false ways and oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have this sin. I don't want to lie. I don't want to lust. God will put those things away from you if you pursue Christ. Pursue Jesus with everything you have and guess what? Those things will take care of themselves. How do you pursue Jesus? You go to the Word. You go to prayer. You meditate. You memorize Scripture. You pray. You cry out. You come. You be with God's people. We encourage one another with the Word. Songs, psalms, spiritual hymns. We take the Lord's Supper together. We confess sin to one another. We fight this battle together. That's how you pursue Jesus. You do those things, those false ways, will take care of themselves. God will keep you far from them. But you have a choice to make. Verse 30, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. Again, that's because of the work of God's Spirit inside of you. That's not something you do on your own, as we've talked about before. That's God's grace in your life. But you still have decisions to make. You still either choose to pursue Christ or not. And the psalmist here is saying, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. And part of that is he sets God's rules before me. You know what this is? This is what we're to do in our own lives and with our children. Listen in Deuteronomy 6. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. That you may do them in the land to which you are going to possess it. That you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son. Isn't that what we want? Don't we want faithfulness throughout generations? How many of you have children, maybe adult children now, that have gone astray? It's a scary thing. I'm scared that my children will one day. But all I know to do is to continue to teach them God's ways and His Word. By keeping all His statutes and His commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, 
Friends, do you believe that following God's Word will go well with you? And that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in the land flowing with milk and honey. This is the Shema. This is, listen to this. This is a special passage for Israel and for us. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. You've heard that before. Jesus quoted it. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Listen, how does we put the Word of God on our heart? By His Spirit, He does it as long as we focus on trying to memorize it. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Are we doing this? And shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and you shall, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Do you see the picture? The Word of God is everywhere. They're putting His rules before them everywhere. When they're sitting, when they're standing, when they're walking, when they're lying down, on their heads, on their arms, everywhere. Do we care about the Word of God like this? I want to tell you of a story of these Missionaries who were in Africa, I believe it was, and they went to a village and they were trying to find some Christians, some believers that existed there, and they were trying to ask around. And as they met them, they were asking about who, where are the Christians, and the people didn't know what they were talking about. They said, Christians, we heard there were Christians. They said, we don't know what you're talking about. That word didn't make sense to them. Followers of Jesus even, they're like, huh? Yes, we, we, we were following Jesus, but they didn't have like this term. And they were asked, well, what are you known as? What do the people say about you? You know what their response was? Listen, listen. We're the people of the book. Yeah. The people of the book. Are you a person of the book? Are we, as a church, people of the book? Brothers and sisters, our lives depend on it. We have to be people of the book. I need you to be people of the book for your marriages, for your children, for your friends, for your family, for this lost and dying world that's right outside. We need to be people of the book because that's how we know God. Verse 31, I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. Do you cling to His testimonies? Do you see that image? Look. Do you see it? Are you clinging to it and never going to let it go? Or can the slightest thing in your life just move your time in the Word? This all depends on how serious we take Scripture. How much do we believe God? If we cling to the testimonies of God, if we cling to the testimonies of Christ, if we cling that He is our Savior, you will not be put to shame. On the day of judgment, you will not be put to shame. You will stand before Christ And if you've trusted in Him, He will say, yes, you're forgiven. Yes, you are able to enter into eternal glory. Well done, good and faithful 
servant. The shame is gone. Listen, some of you deal with shame now from sin that you committed before or sins that were committed against you. What's interesting is yes, Jesus took our guilt. He took the wrath of God on the cross, but He also scorned the shame. The stain of shame should not be on you. You should not put it there. You should not see it there. Jesus has taken it. Live like that. You will not be put to shame, especially in the day of judgment. Finishing up, verse 32, I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. I love this. This idea of the psalmist is running in the way of God's commandments. You, you, you know, we get this picture of God's commandments are burdensome. No, they're not. Listen to what 1 John chapter 5 says. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey His commandments. But check this out. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not burdensome. They're a joy. They're a joy to run in His commandments. We are excited. We are thankful. We want to run in Your commandments, God. It's a joy to serve You because we don't serve You so that You'll love us, but You already love us so we serve You. And how does that happen? When You, verse 32, Enlarge my heart. We cry out to God and we say, please help me want Your Word. Help me love Your Word. Help me speak Your Word. Help me memorize Your Word. Help me listen to Your Word. I want to desire Your Word more and more and more. Others, please pray for me that I would love God's Word. And the more you get into it, guess what happens? If you have God's Spirit. Oh yeah, He shows you. He shows you beautiful things. And you will want to run in His commandments. Brothers and sisters, that's my prayer for you today. If you do not know Jesus, that today you would come to faith in Him. You would cry out to Him as Lord and Savior. But if you already know Him, I pray that you will feast on His Word. You will see that there are, it needs to be your delight, as the psalmist says in Psalm 1. In this same psalm, Psalm 119, The psalmist talks about hoping in God's Word because our hope in God's Word shows us our hope in Christ. That's how we know Christ is through the Word. My prayer is that your hope would be in the Word. Your hope would be in Christ. That you would feast on the Word of God and not eat these little pieces of bread. My prayer is you would not be this clear, weak tea, if we can even call it that, but you would be Dark tea. I pray you'd have a love for His Word and you would run in His commandments and your heart would be enlarged and you would desire more and more of God through His Word. If you haven't had this, this will be the time that you'll be able to respond. Cry out to Him. Let me pray. Father, we love You and we thank You. We thank You for Your Word. We're thankful that it's your very breath and it's all that we need for a life of godliness. We're thankful that we have your spirit if we've trusted in you. We're thankful that we can talk to you through prayer. 
We're thankful that you talk to us through your word. I pray for my friends here. I pray, Lord, that those who do not know you would cry out to you and become Christians today. And I pray for those who know you, but Lord, they just have not been feasting on your word, whether that's been they've been missing meals for maybe days, months, maybe years. I pray they would feast. For those who do it regularly, but it's just a chore and they're just checking a box and, and it's just dipping the tea bag in and out and it's not even saturating their souls, I pray that they would. Help us to do this together. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.